The opinions and views expressed in the OC Variety Hour with Cameron Jackson do not reflect those of KUCI, its management, or the UC Board of Regents. Are you ready? Yeah, are you? Always. What's coming up? Best damn radio in Orange County. I can feel the tension. Me too. Can we do it? Always. We're the best. What's it called? The OC Variety Hour with Cameron Jackson and guest co-host Manoj Mahendrakar. Good morning, Orange County. Welcome to the OC Variety Hour, where we are always interesting, always informative, and always entertaining. I am your host, Cameron Jackson. While he's not here in studio, he's always here in spirit. Manoj Mahendrakar, where are you? As always, you can listen to us live on the web. Just go to www.ocvarietyhour, or rather, www.kuci.org. Click in the upper right-hand corner for streaming audio. And you can listen to us on your computer at home, at your office, in bed, wherever you feel that you should be listening. And also be sure to check out the OC Variety Hour website at www.ocvarietyhour.blogspot.com. Once you're there, you can check out all of the outstanding content that the website has to offer, which is typically upcoming guests and things of that nature. Well, I have a very exciting show today for all of you out there. Mayor Beth Crom will be in studio in just a few moments. She's waiting out in the green room. And I have a couple of stories prior to that. But um, I am very excited. We're going to be talking about the Great Park. So uh, she will be in here in just a moment. You will not want to miss this interview. Now, just so you all know, we had the debate here at KUCI, here at UCI as well, on campus with the three sheriff's candidates. And if you remember, those three sheriff candidates uh, were, uh, or still are, Lieutenant uh, Bill Hunt, Commander Ralph Martin, and Sergeant Bob Alcaraz. Uh, the event went off without a hitch. It was a very, very good event. I was very proud of the event. Uh, all of the candidates had warm, nice things to say about it, uh, and the feedback from you, the public, was also very positive. Um, but Sheriff Mike Corona did not show up to the debate. Well, I've got a little surprise for you all next week. Uh, I'm going to have an interview of sorts with Sheriff Mike Corona. So I'll leave it at that for now, but you will not want to miss my interview next week, 8 o'clock in the morning, right here on KUCI. I have, I'm going to have a, an outstanding interview with Sheriff Mike Corona. You will not want to miss that. So please be sure to uh, show up for that. And I think that, you know, that being said, I've got some interesting news about the sheriff. So why don't we go ahead and introduce him? Sheriff Mike Corona. Corona. Yeehaw! Yes, that's right. It's time to talk about my favorite sheriff, 
Sheriff Mike Corona. And, um, you know, he is America's Sheriff, and apparently he's a little bit more than America's Sheriff, because I've got some, well, early breaking, late breaking, I guess it's early breaking news that's going to be in the OC Weekly here later on today, and you're going to hear it here first, before it's even on the website. That's right, it's kind of an exclusive little thing I have about our Sheriff, America's Sheriff. Now, before we get into the Sheriff, you do remember... June 6, 2006, you have to go to the polls and you have to vote because the sheriff is up for election. And it's our duty as citizens of Orange County to show up to the polls and to vote. I don't care how you vote, but vote nonetheless. And there's a couple propositions out there that you want to vote on too. I think 82 and 81. So uh, what's this going on with the sheriff now? Well, you know, he's got a lot of controversy. There's a lot of things going on with the sheriff uh, especially around women and sexual harassment. And now we have a couple of birthday cards that the sheriff has provided to a female. And the cards went to Lisa Jaramillo in 2002 and 2003. Now, if you don't remember who Lisa Jaramillo is, she is the sister to George Jaramillo. George Jaramillo being the ousted assistant sheriff. Now, Lisa was the campaign finance manager for the Corona campaign, and the cards that he sent her are very interesting cards. They're, um, the, both the cards are, are printed for you, or they will be printed. You'll be able to view them on the OC Weekly's website. And, and the first card shows a bunny rabbit wearing... Um, it's, the bunny rabbit is kind of an older rabbit, it appears, and it's facing a mirror. And this is the card that the sheriff gave Lisa Jaramillo. And the little bunny rabbit's got on just a bra and underwear, and um, it's like scratching its rear end. That's kind of the set that up. And this is what the sheriff writes in the card. Uh, the card basically was pre-written, how quickly they creep up, happy birthday. Um, I don't know, I guess maybe that's how quickly creep up. Uh, I don't know what that's in reference to, maybe getting old. And uh, the sheriff writes, unless, of course... You wear the butt floss style. Well, that's nice. That's nice. Happy birthday from the entire Corona clan. Mike, Debbie, Debbie's his wife, Matthew. Matthew's his only son. He only has one son. And dot, 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 the little sheriff. Hmm. Who's the little sheriff? In the second card, the next year, says uh, apparently it is illegal to look as good as you. That's, the, that's what the card says. And it says again, uh, so says the sheriff. See, I told you it is good to be the sheriff. Happy birthday from the sheriff, Mrs. Sheriff, and the little sheriff, dot, dot, dot. Oh, yeah, and Matthew, too. Now, what's this little sheriff reference to? Hmm. It's very, very interesting. I'm not quite sure, but... But the uh, writer of the story, R. Scott Moxley, seems to indicate, and, and I'll just, uh, well, you can keep it up to yourself to figure out what you think that means, given the fact that we've got all of these sexual harassment claims. Hmm. I don't know. It seems to me that the little sheriff could be referenced to something that he shouldn't be talking about. Now, this isn't the big deal that we've had in the past with Sheriff Mike Corona, but it's just one more 
little cog in the wheel, so to speak, that kind of shows a pattern. And I think that's what you're seeing here, especially right before the election. We're seeing a pattern of events that have occurred with the sheriff that make me wonder, hmm, is this really the guy? Is this the man that we should have in office? I don't know. I don't know. Something tells me that the answer in my mind at least is no. But that's up for you to decide. Remember, June 6, 2006, it's so important to vote. I want everybody to get out there and vote. If you can't vote, get your absentee ballot. I'm sure you can get it in here uh, very soon. I know the deadline is coming up, and I'll find out for you when that is. So that's my story for the morning. I have coming in studio in just a few minutes uh, Irvine Mayor Beth Crom. She will be talking about the Great Park and about some of the issues surrounding the Great Park as of recent. Uh, A couple weeks ago I had uh, Christina Shea on, and she spoke about her views of what's going on with the Great Park and the transfer of uh, really financial power from the Great Park Board back over into the council. So uh, Mayor Beth Crom will be coming in to talk about those issues. What I'm going to do before she comes in is take a quick break here, uh, get her situated, and then we shall be back with Mayor Beth Crom. You will not want to miss this. You are listening to the OC Variety Hour with Cameron Jackson. This is KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Hi, hon. I thought you were coming home early. Yeah. What's the matter? What happened? And I realized today just how much I really love you. What do you mean? I almost got killed today. Oh, my God. I was rushing home to catch the game. There was a train coming. I thought I could beat it. Oh, I, Billy. I was just about to go around the gate. Something made me slam on the brakes. Oh, God. I call for you went everywhere. I'm so glad you're all right. It wasn't worth the risk. Never see you again. Never smell your hair. I don't even say that. Never see you walk. I'm sorry. It takes a mile for a train to stop. Don't try to beat a train or someone you love will get hurt. Look, listen, and live. This message brought to you by Operation Lifesaver and this station. McGruff the Crime Dog here with my nephew Scruff. Here's the address for my new free comic activity book. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. It shows kids what to do about guns and drugs and bullies and strangers. And it's got games and puzzles, too. Write it down now. Scruff McGruff, Chicago, Illinois, 60652. A public service message from this station, the U.S. Department of Justice, the Crime Prevention Coalition, and the Ad Council. After my kidneys started to fail, you know, I couldn't even play basketball with my son. Throw the football with him, you know, just no energy. 35% of patients waiting for kidney transplants are African American. Since I have a transplant now, I can walk my dog, I can shoot basketball. So many things I can do. You have the power to save lives. To find out how you can help, call 1-866-LET'S-GIVE or visit DonateLife.net. Every day, the chances of becoming a victim of mercury poisoning increase. Mercury poisoning may cause neurological damage that impairs learning, vision, and memory. And mercury itself has become part of our everyday lives, absorbed by certain fish, taken into our bodies, 
and passed on to our children like a common cold. But you can stop this. Log on to earthshare.org and find out how. A public service message brought to you by Earthshare and the Ad Council. Don't flush your money down the auto repair shop. The California Association of Regulatory Investigators and Inspectors would like to remind you that your vehicle's manual has the proper service schedule. While many automotive repair shops will try to sell you extras, the fact is that your car will be perfectly happy with the maintenance schedule outlined in the little book in your glove box, and you will be perfectly happy with the money you save by not paying for unnecessary repairs. Remember to tell the service advisor that you want the factory-recommended services listed in the owner's manual of your car. And don't be pushed into buying services such as engine, transmission, or fuel injection flushes unless recommended by the manufacturer. This message is brought to you by the California Association of Regulatory Investigators and Inspectors, an affiliate of CAUSE, a statewide law enforcement association. For further information, call Bruce Hotchkiss at 650-678-0352. Welcome back. This is the OC Variety Hour. I am Cameron Jackson. You're listening to KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. Joining me today live in studio is Irvine Mayor Beth Crom. Good morning. Welcome. Thank you. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you. Thank you for... uh, Coming into the studio to chat about the Great Park. Thank you. So, um, real quick, uh, just give us a little bit of bio about you, who you are, where you've been, and all that good stuff. And okay. Well, uh, you know, I was first elected to the council in 2000, elected mayor in 2004. Um, I think if timing is everything, I've been on the city council during some of the most exciting years for this city. Because of the um, death of the El Toro Airport and the advancement of the Orange County Great Park Project, um, I'm very proud of my reputation as a community builder. I believe that uh, buildings don't make people, uh, don't make communities, people make communities. And so a lot of my work has been in forging collaborations and partnerships, advancing our strategic plan for children, youth, and families, doing things that I think overall benefit the community. The Orange County Great Park is a big part of that quality of life continuum. So I'm excited. I'm originally from Buffalo, New York. My dad was actually an anchorman in Buffalo for 40 years, so I'm not completely unfamiliar with a studio setting. Um, Got my first career as a teacher of the visually impaired, went on to work with my husband in his optometric practice, then had my own business, all things creative, raised three wonderful children, and am very much enjoying being part of the public policy process here in Orange County. And Irvine is... uh is uh, quite the city to be. Uh, it's a great community. It is. It is. I uh, I just moved to Irvine recently, so I'm very. Uh, That's great. I will be able to vote on Irvine issues soon. Wonderful. Um, so, the reason you're here is to talk about what happened recently with the Great Park Board and the city of Irvine, the city council, and essentially what happened from how I read it and how when I spoke to Christina was that financial power and authority was taken away from the Great Park Corporation and placed in the hands of the city council? Well, that isn't actually true. Uh, In fact, when I went before the Board of Supervisors a couple weeks ago when they had their resolution before them, essentially what I said is you're asking us to undo something we never did and reinstate something we never took away. When the land uh, was transferred from federal control to Lennar Corporation, 
who had purchased the base for $649.5 million from the federal government through an auction. In order to get limited development rights, Lennar had to sign a development agreement with the city of Irvine. That dedicated 1,347 acres of land for the development of the Orange County Great Park and provided $401 million through developer fees and assessment district fees for the initial phases of park development and infrastructure. The city of Irvine was, was, has, that, has those assets and is legally responsible for those assets. Those assets were never transferred and, and legally cannot be transferred. Um, I think some of the confusion for people, and, and uh, in fact, Supervisor Campbell had asked a question, well, wait a second, didn't the Orange County Great Park Corporation Board make a decision about the master designer? Didn't they have all of that authority? Well, the Orange County Great Park Corporation Board is made up of the five city council members and four publicly appointed directors. Um, I, in fact, recommended that configuration for the Orange County Great Park Corporation Board, so we would have broad representation. But no issue before the Orange County Great Park Corporation Board, then or now, uh, that involves either land use or financial issues can be advanced unless it has a majority of the city council members uh, favoring it. To this point, we've never had a problem. Uh, there's always been a majority of city council members who've been in favor of the issues. And in fact, if, if decisions have not been unanimous on the uh, Orange County Great Park Corporation Board, they've been nearly unanimous. One of the reasons that we simply clarified, I mean, it really was a clarification of roles and responsibilities, was because at an accountability level, it's important for people to recognize that the city council of the city of Irvine does have that responsibility, has that accountability. It's important for our community to know that and for the public to know that. But essentially, all we did was clarify the very same roles and responsibilities that everybody has been assuming since the very beginning. And so uh, I disagree with that characterization that we changed something or took power away. In point of fact, the Orange County Great Park Corporation has responsibility for the planning, design, and construction of the Great Park. Well, I, I guess I, I understand that, but when I went back and looked at a lot of the news articles um, over the past couple days from going back several years, it seems, you know, the kind of the Great Park Board came online in about 2003, mm -hmm. and it seems to me that it was really a big deal at that time uh, Larry Agron at the time was the mayor, and he said the approval of the bylaws of the um, Great Park Board is a milestone in the evolutionary starting point of the Great Park. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, contention by the supervisors, the county supervisors, that they wanted to have this kind of Great Park Board to oversee everything, this Great Park Corporation. And even, you know, Bill Campbell was very elated at the time, saying, I think, there was a good public debate, and the changes that council made are good for the city and good for the project. Now, at the time, the Great Park Board was comprised of the five city council members and then four appointed members. Uh, as it is today. As it is today, right. Um, Although that was not the first recommended configuration. Right, yeah, I know, I realize that. Um, and then, you know, the, it, was, it was a very big deal in the media here. You know, in December, there was an inaugural meeting for the Great Park Corporation. Uh, so, it, and again, Larry Agron saying, I think it's a watershed event in the beginning of a wonderful new era for the city and the county. So this is, you know, it seemed to me that in the beginning, the Great Park Corporation was, was set up to kind of let the people of the county feel that the park was theirs, for one, and for two, to kind of give it this oversight and accountability that 
you know, was separate. As Christina Shea used a firewall, so to speak, between the city and um, the Great Park Board. You know, well, first of all, Cameron, with all absolutely, with all due respect to the County Board of Supervisors, to the other 33 cities in Orange County, I think that the reputation for the city of Irvine for doing things uh, legally, properly, and intelligently is a pretty good reputation. So um, while, in fact, we were the ones that said, rather than simply having the city council oversee this, which we could have done, we wanted to have four independent directors. We have Walkie Ray, Michael Pinto from the, La- the Laguna Canyon Foundation, Mayor M- Miguel Polito from Santa Ana, and our newest uh, board member, uh, Bill Kogerman, who was a lieutenant colonel who actually flew at El Toro. Um, we also have engaged uh, people throughout Orange County through stakeholder meetings, through conferences. I personally spend a good deal of my time out and about talking about this project. Today, Ken Smith will be speaking at the Orange County Forum Luncheon. Um, Irvine has invested tremendous resources, first about $27 million to kill the airport, and subsequently resources to make sure that people in the county are aware of the project, engaged in the project. So I think our reputation is pretty strong in that regard. There are always people who are looking for ways to create controversy. I, that's, that's how they may wish to spend their time. I look at a situation in which we created a corporation board structure, as you say, in December 2003, that was two years before the auction of the base. Everything we've done has been incredibly proactive. And the fact that the Orange County Great Park Corporation Board structure functions well today well today, is, I think, a tribute to the vision of having a structure which would allow for a priority focus. Even though the city council members, as city council members, are on that board, if we were to include the Great Park in our general work as city council members, our council meetings would start at, you know, 2 o'clock in the morning and end at midnight. So we wanted a situation in which the focus on the park development could be exclusive, in which people would have a voice. We have people at every one of our great park meetings that come forward to talk about um, visions they have for the sports and recreation park, for cycling, for, you know, giant chessboards in the middle of it, whatever it is. So... The, rea- the real world that I live in is a world that is very engaged, people from all around the county, people very excited about the project. This coming Saturday from 10 to 2, everybody's invited out to the base for a final salute to El Toro. We have gone out of our way to engage people, that people choose p- for political reasons to create controversy. Again, that's their business and, and that's their opportunity. I can tell you that everything we committed to doing, we have done, and we've accomplished more in a shorter period of time than I think you see in most projects, especially considering that this is the largest non-highway public works project in America. So I think we're well on our way. Again, though, you know, even for me, kind of reading uh, everything that's transpired. Don't believe everything you read in the newspaper. Well, I I know, but, you know, as Mill says, the truth rises to the surface. All all points need to be heard. Um, And so, you know, there has been a lot in both the Register, the Weekly, and the Times about these issues. So, I mean, maybe none of it's true, but, you know, like I said, the truth rises to the surface. I think there's got to be something in in those words that, that has bears truth. And I think that, you know, the there is this grand jury report that is that is spoken of now that's supposed to be released in the next couple of weeks. Actually, everybody keeps saying it's the next couple of weeks, and I, I haven't seen it I wasn't it yet. even interviewed, so I don't know yeah. about the grand jury report. Right, but there's this that, that's 
this supposed grand jury report that's coming up that talks about issues with the Great Park and about how it's being run. And then just before it's released, we have this transfer uh, from the Great Park board over to the council. I mean, is that coincidence? Is that, I mean, explain that. You know, I mean, stringing dots together in fascinating ways is, you know, is the way a lot of people like to spend their time. We were asked, in fact, it was Council Member Shea who said, I don't understand the relationship between the Orange County Great Park Corporation Board, the City of Irvine, and staff, and I think we should clarify it. So two members of the City Council, myself, Mayor Pro Tem Kang, sat down with legal staff, sat down with our city manager, and we basically put that together. When Supervisor Campbell called me the day before the item was on the agenda for the um, supervisors meeting, Fortunately, somebody in-house had tagged it, and so I had seen the resolution before he called me. I think I got a call at 3 o'clock in the afternoon, the day before it was on the agenda. I mean, this is the supervisor who represents the city of Irvine. One would have expected, if he was that concerned about things, he might have called me, might have sat down with me. I said to him, Bill, have you read the resolution that we passed? He said, well, I did see it, but, you know, the newspaper says, and then he went on to share that, and I said, well, you really need to read the resolution because the resolution is a pretty benign resolution that simply clarifies. It does not take power away from anyone, and in fact, it makes very clear what the roles and responsibilities are and how important the roles and responsibilities are for the Great Park Corporation. As to the grand jury investigation, uh, you know, and I've gotten a bit of an education as a U.S. citizen and one who uh, has always operated on the assumption that when people are being investigated or things are being investigated that you can find out who initiated the investigation, what the intention of the investigation is. Grand juries operate in a totally different way. My understanding is this is the watchdog function of the grand jury. It's not a, it's not a legal matter. It's civil. It's a civil matter. And, and in fact, you know, the grand jury has come out with reports about all kinds of things uh, going on in the county. I think they may have come out with a report on the um, issues related to benefits at the county. I mean, that's what they do. They they look into things, and I would assume that when that report comes out, there will be information and um, perhaps recommendations. But uh, to suggest that anything untoward is happening with the Orange County Great Park Project, I think, again, is a disservice to the public. Um, I've read all of the reports that you read. Uh, in fact, I had the pleasure of writing a rebuttal to Steve Greenhut's, uh opinion piece. And has that come out yet? It did. When, it came did? out uh, two Sundays ago, two Sundays, I think. Okay. And because um, he he wrote a pre, I mean, it was pretty scathing what he wrote in there. I I well, I, you know, I, I have it here. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's too bad that you don't have my rebuttal. I didn't I, think I, to you know, bring it this you know, morning. You should have brought it. I would have liked to have seen it. I apologize for not uh, not not looking well, at it. Well, one thing that I I pointed out at our last city council meeting when uh, the issue was reagendized by Councilmember Shea. I happened to notice on the wall of one of the staff people in the city a headline that had been framed from 2002, right after Measure W passed, that said, you know, the great great park heist by Irvine. Right. It was a very, you know, and I said, you know, we're not only recycling runways and recycling green waste at the uh, great park, apparently, we're also recycling headlines. You know, there have been people from the very beginning, uh, and I would point out that both the Los Angeles Times and the Orange County Register took strongly pro-airport positions during the fight over El Toro. That was their purview. But the fact is that Steve Greenhut has never written a, a, an, an article saying, you know what, I, I thought an airport was a better use, 
but if we can create an Orange County Great Park for the benefit of all of the citizens of Orange County, that would be a fabulous thing. So when he attacks what we're doing, I've come to expect it. The Orange County Board of Supervisors, certainly as a county leadership body, have never had the door closed to them to come in. In fact, I suggested that if they really wanted to be helpful, it might be nice to pass a resolution in support of the Orange County Great Park Project, something they've never done. So being in the trenches, I see how hard people are working to make sure that we do create an Orange County Great Park for the benefit of county residents. This parcel sits right on the transportation center. People will be able to access it by rail. It's accessible by every major arterial in the county. I mean, how often do you have a full parcel that is large enough to hold all of Central Park, all of Balboa Park, and all of Golden Gate Park? The park portion, 1,347 acres, is twice the size of Central Park where you have public land and $401 million at the front end, and that doesn't include over $200 million that will easily come through the redevelopment agency. So you're talking about $600 million and 1,400 acres of land in the center of Orange County to create a great metropolitan park, people engaged from across this county, and an opportunity to build the first great metropolitan park of the 21st century and not see that as a very exciting thing. I, I, I have to say, I, I think the people who have... Uh, left the old baggage at the door and moved on are having a lot more fun uh, than the people who want to continue to beat the dead horse. What, explain then how did this transfer on in April affect the committees? Because I've, I've read, and maybe again you can clear this up, when, initially when the Great Park Board um, came about, this is uh, from February 1st, 2004, there was a finance committee, a design and engineering committee, an environmental recycling committee, property management committee, community and government, and a community and government relations committee. Uh, so you had these committees. And then as I'm looking through, I see that, that at one point the finance committee is dissolved. This is in June, June 2nd, 2005. Uh, Shea was mentioning, Christina Shea in this article was mentioning that there was a disillusion of the board's three-member committees um, and because of that, it's making uh, the budget, understanding the budget, difficult. What is, are the committees still there? What, how does this work now? Are they, are they still there? Are they still functioning? What happened to the finance committee? And, and how does that work now with uh, the city council and the board? Well, one of the challenge we, challenges we had with the committee structure, and, and I'm not, I mean, I think we will probably go back to a smaller committee structure at a certain point. But so, one of the so, challenges we've, so we've left the committee structure at well, this let me, point? Well, let me tell you what happened. Okay. We had this smaller committee structure, and, so, and you couldn't have more than three members of the board on any committee in order to allow those committees to meet without all of the noticing that needed to happen, you know, uh, for the public. And although the public was invited and, you know, they were all, you know, on the website and people could come. But what happened was you had people meeting, for example, in the um, infrastructure committee, and you had people meeting in the sustainability and green building committee. And they didn't know what was going on in each other's committees. So there was not the kind of integration that would allow, for example, an understanding of how to create the infrastructure for the Great Park, respecting all of the commitments to green building, sustainability, and everything else. Um, you know, obviously, finance was relevant to all of the committees. And so people were talking about things they wanted to see done out of context with the economic implications of doing them. So we went to a committee of the whole structure so that all of that discussion could occur at a broader level. 
Is it more cumbersome to have nine members in a limited board meeting structure discuss all of those things? It probably is. I mean, I, I think there were, were certain trade-offs. But, um, you know, I, I am mayor of a city that had an $18 million surplus this year, um, $13 million of which was pure surplus and $5.5 million of which was returned to us uh, for advancing funds to the Great Park Corporation. So we understand the importance of managing money prudently and continue to do that. So the suggestion that the committee meeting structure changes that I, I don't agree with. I do think that we are doing something that's never been done before. We are trying to do it in the broadest, most open way possible. We are engaging the best and brightest minds. I look forward to a uh, sustainability forum perhaps this fall that engages people in understanding what we're doing at the Great Park and how that has relevance to what we're doing throughout the county. I have described the Great Park as a living laboratory of innovative technologies. We are going to have an opportunity to demonstrate the newest technologies in energy, in transportation, uh, in a number of different areas. And that will not only benefit the project, but I think that that will benefit the county as a whole. Because the fact is that all of the issues we have to confront in building this great metropolitan park are relevant to the future quality of life issues that are important to every resident in Orange County. So, so I'm I'm still curious though. What? How does the um, so the where are the committees at now? Do we have we committees? have we have two meetings a month. The first meeting is a committee of the whole meeting, and that's where these issues are brought up. And then our second meeting is a board meeting. So what, we have tried to what's bring. A what's a committee of the whole? What what does that mean? It means essentially that we have the entire corporation board convene to discuss issues, whether it's the budget, to discuss issues, whether it's, um, you know, recycling the runways, any of those things. But we vet it publicly at a public meeting uh, early in the month, and then we have our board meeting for taking action on those things that we need to take action on. So the board meeting, um, when you have the board meeting, does that include all nine members? It does. And then, but they don't... I guess do they do they vote now or does it yes. do they not they, vote? They've and then... always voted, and in fact, you know, uh, you know the the you know the the master design competition, which has been heralded regionally and nationally as a great uh, process, uh, culminated with a vote by the Orange County Great Park Corporation Board. Here's the situation: had the four public members of the Orange County Great Park Corporation supported Ken Smith as they did. And only two members of the city council support Ken Smith for the master designer. Even though you would have had six out of nine supporting it, it would have failed because there would have been an economic impact to selecting the master designer, and you needed to have a majority of city council members supporting an action or on the recycling of the runways or any of those actions. The fact is we have consistently had a majority of city council members supporting things, so it simply looks like any configuration of a majority of nine would support an issue. While it may be like, well, wow, so, why? So, yeah, so I guess, so what you're saying then is that the majority of the city council members, which is five total, mm -hmm. have to vote in majority in order for anything to pass on the Great Park Board. If it has to do with money or land has that always been from the beginning it's always been from the beginning so why have a great park board in the 
period. Because a lot of developing the Orange County Great Park is about creating a vision and about understanding how to uh, prioritize those issues. It's, it's not all about the bottom line decisions. A lot of it is about understanding how we want to plan, design, and construct it. And the Orange County Great Park Corporation Board has full responsibility for oversight once these projects go forward. So it is, it is the accountability group. It is a group which brings through the public members expertise on environmental issues, on planning issues, on history with the Great Park. So I think it's insulting to suggest that the four public members, by virtue of the fact that the Irvine City Council is legally responsible for the financial decisions and land use decisions, are therefore of no use whatsoever. I think that's, frankly, a way of discrediting the Orange County Great Park Corporation Board rather than um, advancing a better vision for how we create a, a great metropolitan well, park. I'm not. I'm not trying to insult them. I'm just asking the question because no, I, but I, I think I don't... other people have have implied. Okay. Well, that's not what I'm. I'm not no, implying I that. that. I'm just kind of trying to figure it out in my own head because it's very. I mean, you can understand where it. This is a confusing issue, and when even when it's explained by you or by uh, Larry Agron when he uh, explained things or when i read it in the in the press i mean it's still very it's it, it almost seems like it's convoluted on purpose like just to kind of keep us befuddled about it and i don't know if that's the intent or if that's just because it's a complicated issue and we don't have time to sit down and really piece through it um but you kind of see where i mean it's it's very kind of odd from just a, a regular person like myself to 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 have okay, well, we got the five members who have to vote majority uh, from the from the city council, and then you've got the great park board members, and they, they. But even if they, you know, you've got. Uh, well, well, let me. You know, if you got four of them and two of the of the of the council members, then you don't have a majority. That that doesn't. I mean, it kind of goes against our well, ingrained democratic well, values, right. right? Which is frankly why it was important to clarify those things, just in case there was ever a, a time when that occurred, and people would be like, "Well, I don't understand. Six people voted in one." one way, why wasn't that a majority? And so really, you know, my background is as a teacher. I think information and education are very important. I was not a politician before I ran for office in 2000. I've said this is the only job where you can be elected on a Monday, sworn in on a Tuesday, and on Wednesday you have to vote on a $357 million water replenishment system. You know, the way that things occur in government can be overly bureaucratic, are often overlaid with a lot of legal issues. Um, anything that has to do with land use, as you know, is a very complicated process. I mean, it's pretty extraordinary that we went from a situation where even in the best-case scenario, with Measure W passing, we had 4,700 acres of land rezoned for park and open space, but no money to build a park. We would have had to bank land and raise money, and we would have been talking about a project that would have taken from 10 to 50 years to build. Having the federal government announce that they were going to sell the base having us work with the federal government to figure out how we could get an economic return for them because, you know, 4,700 acres of parkland doesn't go for top dollar here in Orange County, um, create an overlay plan. It's certainly been fortuitous that Lennar purchased all four parcels, not only because they've proved to be a good private partner, and I've said that this is a public-private partnership driven almost exclusively by the public benefit interest, but because we might have had four different landowners that we had to deal with and figure out how to weave all of those things together, spending all kinds of time and resources doing that, and that the city was able to create through the development agreement a mechanism to generate a minimum of $400 million for the immediate investment in the infrastructure and park 
development process so that in the next three to five years, people are going to be seeing the initial phases of the park evolve and have access to it. The effort is being made to make sure that the private development portion and the public park areas are seamlessly created. A thousand acres of the 4,700 acres is being preserved uh, by the federal government as a wildlife area. So that's a thousand more acres than 1,347. A lot of what's being developed by Lennar, the Lifelong Learning District, and other areas are going to be for public benefit. And so we are really going to have a magnificent park. And while, you know, if people want to take the time to go through the record, to read the bylaws, to read our actions, to understand them, to make the calls that are necessary, to talk to the people who are in the middle of all of this, I think that's fabulous. Most of the three million people in Orange County, I think, are pretty excited that while they go about their business trying to put food on the table and afford to live in a county that's getting ever more expensive, we're reinserting seven square miles of lungs in the heart of Orange County and creating a great metropolitan park for the benefit of everyone. So, you know, being, it's a good news story. Yeah, and I mean, being an Irvine resident now, I, I am looking forward to having more park space. I mean, that's one of the things that I do enjoy about the park. Um, but I guess the, the one question that I have is on on taxes. And, you know, I, I, I've seen what my property tax bill is going to be in, in Irvine, and it's a little bit more than where I came from in Santa Ana. Of course, and, if we had put the airport in, your house would have cost a lot less. Your taxes would have been well, a lot yeah, less. Yeah. Your quality of life would have been a lot less, too. That, that's true. Um, but uh, I, I guess the question I have is, how is it going to impact my taxes down the line? Because I know we've got, I've heard that the project is going to cost upwards of a billion dollars. And we have, you know, 400 and some odd million now slated, 480 million, I believe, slated for the project. Where's the other, uh, what, $520 million going to come from? Am I going to get taxed on that down no, the line? You're not going to get taxed, and the general fund of the city of Irvine is not going to get burdened by this project. Um, there are tremendous opportunities to bring private investment dollars into this project. $400 million, which now people are talking about like it's, you know, pocket change, is a lot of money. That money is going to go to create the infrastructure, and just like any other physical environment, we need to have sound infrastructure, well-designed infrastructure at the Orange County Great Park. The initial phases of park development will be uh, encompassed in those resources. As I say, we've created a redevelopment agency at the Great Park, which will produce at a minimum an additional $200 million that can be invested directly in the Great Park, as well as we have a, an affordable housing set aside of over $150 million that's going to be invested both within the Great Park, possibly outside, but in creating more affordable housing opportunities. I mean, can you imagine people being able to live in affordable housing within the Orange County Great Park project and having resources available to help us create those resources? So, um, so the billion dollars will come together over a period of, you know, 10 to 15 years, but by no means are we embarking on a project that we do not have the resources for to uh, advance at this stage, and every one of those dollars is being invested intelligently in order to make sure that we create something magnificent. You may have read that Southern California Edison dedicated 50,000 trees to the project. They also want to create a center of innovation there. So um, we see uh, that people are very excited about being part of the development of this project. You know, can you imagine if in hindsight any of us had had the opportunity to be part of the development of the or of uh, Central Park in New York, 
And, you know, before that was created into a great park, it was nothing more than a big, ugly swamp. So um, we are doing something extraordinary, having to um, reestablish a natural environment where we have had for over 50 years um, a lot of cement associated with the Marine Corps Air Station. So um, uh, the money is there. Will we look for ways to generate additional funds? We will. Will that be through taxes? It won't. So it's it's, it's not a, a, a George Bush senior uh, moment where we had the uh, read my lips no new, no 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 so. no but the read my lips no new taxes I mean it, the, you're saying it so I, I I can be assured as an Irvine resident that I'm not going to be paying taxes on this or additional taxes on this in the future absolutely all right that, that was the promise that was made through Measure W you know Measure W was drafted by the city of Irvine nobody knows better than we do uh, what it says. And nobody knows better than the city of Irvine what it feels like to be asked to leave the table because when the redevelopment of El Toro was a topic of discussion at a county level, the county supervisor said to the city of Irvine, you don't have a voice in this. So we have gone out of our way to ensure broad public participation uh, and to honor the commitments in Measure W. We're looking forward to doing that. And again, people should come out to the base this Saturday between 10 and 2 for a final salute to El Toro. We will also have a groundbreaking later in the summer. We're excited about people getting more and more engaged and understanding exactly the excitement that we uh, have before us. Outstanding. Now, uh, I kind of want to see that, too. I, uh, I'd like to go stand on that. Maybe we'll move KUCI. Maybe we'll have yeah, a radio know, station out there, you uh, know? I'd like to stand on that you runway. You could be the voice of the Orange County Great Park, Cameron. Yes. If well, you play your cards right. If I play my cards right. That's right. <laughs> I, I haven't done it yet. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to start. Um, what about, you know... Being the mayor, uh, so kind of the um, person at the top, um, yeah, what, there, there's been a lot of talk about um, the no-bid contracts that have occurred and revolving around the Great Park and whatnot. And I know it came up again um, with this um, waste uh, garbage pickup and in, the, in the last board meeting. Green waste recycling. Yes, there you go. Thank you. Which, which actually wasn't a bid for services, but rather a lease of land at the park for a, for a temporary facility, which will bring in several million dollars to the project. So it, it was not where we're paying somebody to do something. It was where they're leasing land from us to uh, have a temporary presence at the park on land that is not currently going to be needed for a while so that we can generate revenue to invest in the park development process. What... Well, explain what's going on, because there's been a lot of um, media coverage as far as the no-bid contracts are concerned, and it, specifically like with uh, Ford and Mulbrick, uh no-bid contract. Um, then there is this uh, five contracts for bid. The uh, board extended the contracts originally awarded by the city for communications, engineering, and environmental studies, um, and the Great Park procurement policy calls that all contracts be put out to a bid. It was in the bylaws, apparently, that all contracts are put out to a bid. Why is this being reported this way? What's happening here? Is this, I mean, are you going against the bylaws or explain, please? Well, you know, legally we can't go against the bylaws. So I can assure you everything we've done is consistent with procurement policies and legal issues. We pay lawyers a lot of money to tell us when we're doing things that we can't legally do. So, um, but... uh, a decision was made simply because the project was moving forward and we wanted a seamless transition to continue to use contractors that had been very important to the process. 
um, some of those contractors, Pat Fusco, Fusco Engineering, who now is part of the um, Great Park Design Team staff, working with Ken Smith, Gordon Mulrick, who had been extraordinarily important to everything that we had done. Um, you know, if you have five years invested in a company, understanding everything about where you've been, where you are, and where you're going, I don't think it makes sense to start with somebody new who's going to have the steepest learning curve you can imagine, because not only do they not understand everything, it's a project that can't be compared to anything else that's happened. So there was a decision made that we wanted to continue to move forward. We did not want to um, sort of take, take time to stop to do that, and that we didn't frankly think we could afford the steep learning curve that would be necessary. So we will continue to make decisions about uh, uh, procurement consistent with the policies and procedures that we have. And um, I believe that there are obligations on future contracts to, to get competitive bidding. So everything is consistent with the city's procurement policies uh, and the Great Parks. Again, um, you know, I know this is hard to believe, but sometimes people just like to create an aura of controversy around things. And, and well, it's not hard to believe at all. Well, uh, you know, I mean, I was, it, I was trying to be. Yeah, I know, I know. Kind, <laughs> but you know, uh, so you know, the fact is, we have you know a project that is very public, and you know, had the original configuration, which was recommended uh, for the Great Park Corporation Board, which was two members of the City Council and three staff members, been approved by the City Council, um, there would be no public. No need to, to do anything in public. Maybe we'd have things happening better, faster, whatever, but it would not be part of a public process, and that public process was very important to me. Everything we do is thoroughly vetted, and so that some people regard it as unacceptable. Uh, Councilmember Shea, in many of her remarks, has confused procurement with leases, and, you know, that doesn't help people understand the issue better. So I think it's important to understand that we will use the assets well, we well, have well, to generate more money. Explain that, explain that then. So there's, you've got leases and you've got procurement. Mm -hmm. Procurement, Well, we have, we have things we so pay procure, people for. So procurement is when you put it out for bid. Is that correct? Procure, when procurement is when we, we need a service and we pay for that service. The process for how we seek those services is consistent with city procurement policies, and corporation procurement policies. Real, real quick, if you're joining us. But right, one is about spending money and one is about making money. When, if you're just not joining us, you're listening to Irvine Mayor Beth Crom. This is KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. This is the OC Variety Hour. Um, if you're trying to call in, I do appreciate the fact that you're calling in, but because I don't have a call screener, and I'd hate to have somebody come on the line and start uh, yelling and screaming at me, um, uh, I'm not going to take your call, but I do appreciate the fact we've gotten about three calls, and, and I would have liked to have taken them, but we just don't have a screener here. So um, I, I do appreciate caller uh, you calling in, but um, we can't take it. So I apologize for that. Um, so when you procure, then typically you put that up for bid. Is that how that works? There, there are and, specific rules. I don't have the policies in front of me. There are specific rules about what needs to go out for competitive bidding, What you know, what can be authorized by the CEO or city manager. I mean, but we follow our procurement policies. So those weren't changed at all in this instance here where you extended contracts that were originally awarded? Um, no, you, because you, those were already, th those were people who were already working for us. We extended contracts. We didn't, we didn't give new contracts. We extended contracts that existed. So then why do they, I mean, why does it come out then that you're 
breaking bylaws. Why, why, why is that written then? Because people say it. Because some people will write what people say without understanding whether there's merit behind those statements or not. All right. Fair enough. So where are we at now with the Great Park? You said you, there's going to be official groundbreaking this summer. Mm-hmm. And there is a quasi-groundbreaking coming up this week? Well, this weekend, we wanted to have an event so that people who had had a history at the base could come back and see the base before things begin to change on the base. And so this is uh, titled A Final Salute to El Toro. It's open to the public, 10 to 2. There will be tours on of the base. On what day? On Saturday. Saturday. 10 on, to Saturday. 2 on Saturday. And um, uh, so, so that's one thing. Then for the Great Park, we will have a groundbreaking. And you may have noticed in the papers um, that Lennar had a ceremonial groundbreaking last week. I actually have some pieces of the runway in the trunk of my car, oh, and uh, very cool. which is great. Yes. I, they re- I really should find a better home for them, but for the moment, <laughs> that's where they are. And, um, uh, you know, we understand that El Toro, for over 50 years, was uh, the last American soil that many servicemen left on, many not to return um, that a lot of people grew up on the base. Uh, the base had a very important history here in the community. Many people uh, remember going to the air shows at El Toro. And so we wanted to give people an opportunity to come out, to spend a day at the base, to learn about the transformation of the base. And, uh, and then the groundbreaking this summer will be, um, you know, an opportunity to take things a little bit further. Um, we have selected a master designer, Ken Smith and Associates from New York, they have now renamed themselves the the Great Park Design Team, and they will be creating the master plan for the Orange County Great Park. So um, uh, that will uh, be essentially the landscape upon which other things will be created. Some of the the compelling images in the conceptual plan were the uh, the lake, the the, um, a large uh, 40-acre um, great lawn uh, at the Great Park, an amphitheater, um, the military museum, which we're retaining a portion of the runway, and along that runway will be military aircraft. Um, many people uh, like the idea of the large hot air balloons, the um, observation balloons. In fact, there's a desire to try and get an observation balloon out there in the near term so that people will actually be able to go up maybe 500 to 1,000 feet above and watch the transformation. I mean, how often do you get that opportunity to see something uh, uh, transformed as it is? So Ken Smith's team has restoration ecologists, artists, people who are going to be working to evolve the entire plan. Um, We do, um, uh, working with Lennar, believe that within three years um, there will be aspects of the overall plan that people will be able to take advantage of. Um, We look forward to enhancing the transportation center at the Great Park. We're also investing money through the Great Park and the City of Irvine in studying a spectrum to Great Park fixed guideway system, an advanced transit system, uh, which will link to transit at the park and also link to the transportation center. Um, I think transportation mobility are the most important thing that we have to think about here in Orange County and that we're able, because, again, we control a few more of the marbles out at the Great Park, to develop some of those pieces so that we can begin to create an integrated transportation system for Orange County is very exciting. So um, there are visions for nonprofit villages. Um, obviously, the recreation and sports park is something that has compelled a lot of people, the opportunity to have resources available to young people 
here in the county. Um, we've had folks, you know, who want Olympic villages out there, folks who want an international, you know, uh, bike racing track out there. Um, all kinds of uh, ideas are coming forward. And for me, I mean, being somebody who writes and illustrates and has, uh, you know, a creative side, it's a terribly exciting thing to be able to merge uh, the public policy side and the and the vision side into a project that is of historic proportions. So I think people are going to be very excited, and we encourage them to stay connected through the website, ocgp.org, and, uh, and to come to the meetings, which uh, actually I have to say our Great Park meetings probably get better participation than many of our city council meetings, and I'm happy to see it. I'm happy to see people following it. Outstanding. Well, I want to thank you so much, Irvine Mayor Beth Crom, for showing up today at the OC Variety Hour. Uh, I do appreciate you coming in and taking the time out of your busy schedule to chat with us about what's going on over at the Great Park. Well, thank you very much, Cameron. And uh, hopefully we can see you back in here again. Now, what's is are you, is there any elections coming up? Oh, there is an up? election coming up uh, on this June November. 6th. Mm-hmm. Well, is there anything in June 6th for Irvine? Uh, there's nothing June 6th So for it's Irvine. all in November? No, it's all November. And the, the, is your position up? My position is up and two council members. So um, this two, actually will two, be my which two council Christina members? Shea uh-huh. and then um, Suki Kang got the short term. You know, when I was elected in right, 2000, right, right. I only got the two years. Right. Got elected in 2004, got four years, but then Larry couldn't run for mayor, ran for mayor in 2004. So this will officially be my fourth campaign in five years, which is more campaigning than anybody should ever have to do. But uh, I'm very proud of what we've accomplished. I want to continue doing it for the next two years. Outstanding. Well, thank you once again for coming in. I do appreciate it. Thank you. You have been listening to the OC Variety Hour. This is, of course, Cameron Jackson. Next week, remember, you will not want to miss it. It's uh, an interview of sorts with Sheriff Mike Corona. Uh, You will not want to miss that. Trust me. Uh, Coming up next, Dave Waldheim and The Dave Show. Is that right? The Dave Show? Close enough. Good enough. And, uh... That's all good. So I will see all of you next week right here. KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You have been listening to the OC Variety Hour with Cameron Jackson and Manoj Mahindrakar. The OC Variety Hour is written, produced, directed, and engineered by Cameron Jackson. When you really need to know what's going on in the world, the nation, California, and Orange County, there's only one source, the OC Variety Hour. Till next time, ladies and gentlemen, goodbye.